Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Go with me to Matthew chapter 21. We will start there, Matthew chapter 21. And uh, we're going to read a few verses here, and we'll see. We probably read some other things tonight, too. Matthew 21, we'll at least start here anyway. Everybody got it? All right, I'll wait. I don't know if that was everybody, but Matthew chapter 21, I want you to read it if you have a Bible with you. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, prayer that changes things. Amen. All right, so uh, we'll begin here in Matthew 21, verse 17, it's, and this is, this is Jesus, and what it's talking about. It says, He left them, and He went out into uh, Bethany, and He lodged there, or he, he stayed there, got Him a, you know, whatever, rumor, whatever, I don't know. And in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it, and he found nothing thereon but leaves only. And, and, uh, and well, how many know if it, it, if, if it had leaves, it was supposed to have figs? So, you know, he was hungry, so this is, this is the drive-thru of the day. So he's going through the drive-thru. And so he goes there, and there's, there's nothing on this tree. And so, you know, it's supposed to have something, right? You know, I, I took, Phyllis and I took a couple friends of ours to a rib place here in town and got there and they said, we don't have any ribs. I said, you're a rib place. And I just, you know, you, you got to know me. I mean, I know, I'm, I, know, I know it seemed like I'm a sweet, nice guy, lovable, lovable little teddy bear, but, you know, I, I can be a harasser sometimes. And so I just decided I want to harass this waitress. Now in a spirit, not mean, but in a spirit of love, if you can do that. Uh, but, you know, I just harassing her. And so she said, we don't have any ribs. I said, you're a rib place. And I was being nice about it. I mean, I wasn't like mad at her or anything, but I was just, I was just harassing her, you know. So you're a rib place. Well, we're out of ribs. So she, so she chose that right off the bat. So she got her drinks and came back and said, what do you want? I said, I want ribs. I'm at a rib place. I told you we don't have any ribs. You're a rib place, you know. So, I, I mean, I gave it to her all, all night long. We were there the whole night, just kept going. And then... You know, got time to go, and Phyllis said, you better leave her a big tip, <laughs> which I did, by the way. But having no rib place is supposed to have ribs, right? You don't have ribs, shut the door. Come on. I came there for ribs, not chicken. <laughs> I want chicken, I'll go to Chick-fil-A. Amen. <laughs> no, having you know this fig tree was supposed to have f- figs, right? So Jesus said, let, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever, and presently... The fig tree withered away. Now I don't think he was, you know. I just learned what I just learned this word about I don't know a year ago. Hangry. Is that how you say it? I didn't know what it was, and I found out it's like you're hungry and you're angry because you're hungry. So anyway, how you know he didn't do this because he was hangry, right? I think he did it to teach a lesson on faith to his disciples. See, and so the disciples in verse twenty said the disciples saw it when they saw it they marveled, saying, "How soon?" Is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus answering said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Don't try this at home. If you do, your lips will fall off. Or they'll call you a faith preacher. No, what did he say? Verily I say unto you. Now, I know verily, just that's old King James. It means truly. Truly I'm saying to you, if you have faith. That's talking to us, right? I said us. 
He's, he's not talking about just, you know, well, this is just to his disciples. No, this is for everybody. Amen. Jesus didn't say man shall live by some words of God. He said man shall live by every word of God. Amen. He said, verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, it shall be done. Amen. Well, how come it doesn't work for me? Well, Jesus told us why it doesn't work for us sometimes. If you doubt not, if you have faith and doubt not, sometimes we don't, sometimes we doubt. Right? Sometimes we don't have faith and we doubt, you know, and say, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm big enough to take that and understand that. I know that. I know there's some things that I've choked on before and, you know, you just got to work on it, right? You got to feed your faith and keep feeding on the word till you drive all that doubt out. Amen. Amen. See, your faith can get tainted. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can have faith, but get it tainted with doubt. Isn't that right? You know, just like if I, if I was, you know, if you came over to my house and I was serving you, serving you brownies, you know, and, uh, you know, I cut them on, they look good, you know. How, how many like the corner pieces? That's the best part, right? The corner. I always leave the corner pieces for Miss Phyllis. The corner pieces on pizza, she gets them. The corner pieces on brownies, she gets them. Because I know she likes the corner pieces, and, and so we do that. Amen. We have, a, we have a happy marriage, by the way. Praise God. Because, and it's all about the corner pieces that made it that way. Amen. And that's why. You know, do you let your wife have the corner pieces? No, well, that's your problem. you got to let her have the corner pieces now. And so what if I just told you, you know, I mean, you know, hey, a cockroach fell in the corner piece over here, but I couldn't get him out. I poked him in, baked him. It's okay. It's not in the rest of it. How many want any of the brownies? No, because it taints the whole thing, doesn't it? See, doubt will taint your faith. That's what Jesus was saying. If you allow doubt in, it taints your faith. Amen. Now, he went on to say, verse 22, he said, and all things, <laughs> now, he, all things, right? I mean, of course, all things, of course, what, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Now, I was sitting in a church one evening. I was getting ready to preach, and I was sitting, it was on a Sunday night. And I was sitting there, and I was looking at the pulpit, and on the pulpit they had a sign that said, Prayer changes things. Well, I believe that. I, I believe that. Prayer changes things. But it's like the Spirit of God began to speak to me and began to teach me. And He said, it's not really prayer that changes things. It's believing prayer that changes things. Because sometimes people pray, and they don't believe, and that doesn't change things. It's believing prayer that changes things. And I thought, well, I never thought of that. You know, the Spirit of God is smarter than we are, right? And so, I, I, you know, that, that just did something to me. I thought, wait, well, yeah, because, you know, I've, always, I've seen that sign for years, and I'm, I like that sign. I agree with that sign. You just got to know something that goes with that. And that's it, you know, just, you know, sometimes people are just praying to be praying. Now, I admit, you know, I admit, you know, there's sometimes I'll go pray for somebody in a hospital, and I'm just praying to be praying. You're not smart enough to admit that, or you're not, or you're just, what do you mean by that? Well, I know they're not believing, and I don't have time to change the way they think. You know what I'm saying? I can't do an overnight seminar standing there by the hospital bed. And I know they've had years of unbelief and doubt and put in. Now, you, you know, God can still, you know, his, the gifts of the Spirit still operate, right? 
I mean, they still get healed and delivered. I'm I'm not saying that. But I just realized this, that there's times I'm going to pray, uh, you know, a nice little pastoral prayer, Lord, touch their body, heal their body. But there wasn't much, there was, it wasn't really a fervent, effective prayer because I just knew they weren't believing. Amen. Amen. You got, you got to, you got to, you got to set, you, you know, you got to be uh, Jesus. Like with those two blind men, he said, what, what would you have me to do? Or blind Bartimaeus, what would you have me to do for you? Well, you know, I mean, Jesus was sick saying, Hey, you're begging. I could give you money or you want healing. He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight." So he said, well, be it unto you according to your faith. Could have give you money, but what do you want? And so, you know, you got to get people going the right direction before you can hook up. Amen? you got to have their faith to help you sometimes. You see what I'm saying? I mean, if they're involved, their faith needs to be involved. Now, if they're a baby, that's different. You can override that because they're a baby in the Lord. But, you know, I was going into a hospital to pray for a woman. I've told you this before, but I walked in there to pray for her. She had cancer, and she was, it was going to take her life if it wasn't interrupted by God. Because the medical field couldn't do any more with her now. They couldn't help her any longer. And so I went into her hospital room. And when I walked in there, Mark, I saw she had her, you know, she was a believer, spirit-filled believer, tongue talker. Um, And I I walked in there. And when I walked in her hospital room, I saw on her bedside table, she had a book about heaven. And I thought, well, we're in trouble here already because she's reading about heaven. And you read about heaven, guess what you want to do? Faith cometh by what? <laughs> My hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Now, heaven's not a bad place to go. Don't misunderstand me. I'm sure it's better than Evansville. Can I get an amen on that? Or are you, just, are you still thinking about it? From what I read, I'd rather, be in, I'd rather be in heaven than Evansville. But, you know, there's a time for me to be in Evansville, and there's a time for me to be in heaven. Right now, the time's for me to be in Evansville, not heaven. Heaven will come. I got plenty of time. I'm going to live forever. Hallelujah. And so when I saw that, I thought, we got a problem here because she's got her mind on heaven and I've got my mind on healing. And unless her mind goes to healing, she's going to heaven. You follow what I'm saying? And of course, you know, she didn't change her mind, so she's in heaven today. And I'm sure she's not disappointed, but, you know, she left behind grandkids kids and grandkids. And so that didn't need to be. I mean, eventually that's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You live long enough. You're, but it didn't need to be. She was only in her, I'd say she's only in her 50s at the time. So it, that didn't need to be, right? I mean, that's, you see, well, that's God's will. That was just God's will first. No, that wasn't God's will for her life. God's will is for us to, the, John told us what God's will, that you may be in health and prosper as you're so prosperous. That's what John said the will of God is. How many think he would know? Right? I think he would. So I'm sitting there in this church and I see this sign and it says prayer changes things. And, and then the Spirit of God begins to talk to me. He said, well, it's believing prayer that changes things. And so I, I thought about that. I thought, yeah, that's right. Just praying alone. You know, sometimes we, we, we pray. Well, you know, Brother Hagin said one time he'd ask people, what are you praying about? And they, and they say, nothing in particular. He said, well, that's exactly what you're going to receive. Nothing in particular. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, there's a time just to fellowship with the Lord, right? Where we just worship Him and talk to Him and commune with Him. That, that's different. You know, and they should have said that. Well, I'm just communing with God. Well, okay, that's fine. Amen. Amen. You know you know what I'm saying? People, it, it, or you hear this, if it be your will, Lord. We need to find that out, right? Yeah, All right, now let's go. I want to show you this is not just in one scripture. This is in, this is in several scriptures. Let's go to James chapter uh, 1. Go there, if you would. James, the first chapter. 
Because this is throughout the Bible about this believing prayer. James chapter 1, verse 5. James said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask a God that gives to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. See, God's free with his stuff. He freely gives it out. And he said, but let, but now here's the thing, but let, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. That's the King James. That, that really means doubting. For he that wavers, I like the word waver because, you know, that's what you do. You go back and forth. And for he that wavers is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive what? Anything, anything from the Lord. So not just wisdom, but anything. The Lord's not, you're not going to receive anything from the Lord if you're wavering. He says, verse 8, a double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways. I'll tell you one thing. Here's what I've learned. If you can get people to get a hold of the message of faith, the true Bible message of faith, they are stable people for the rest of their life. I've just looked at people over the years that we were able to get a foundation of faith in. Some will receive it. Some won't. Some will receive it more than others. Some will receive a little bit of it, 30, 60, 100 fold. But I've just noticed this. If you can get people to receive the message of faith, the true Bible message of faith, they're stable the rest of their Christian lives. They're just firm. Amen. Because faith is a firm foundation. Amen. And so James said, now, does anybody know who James is? He's Jesus' half-brother, isn't he? How many think he would probably know how this works? Now, how did he learn this? He lived with Jesus. He grew up with Jesus. He saw how Jesus operated. Amen. So he learned. So to me... This guy right here, man, I mean, he's somebody you really want to listen to because he lived with the master. He saw how he operated and he saw, right, he saw how it worked for Jesus. Well, you know, Jesus is the one that cursed the fig tree, right? Anybody had any success at that lately? Well, then I'd say we ought to listen to him, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, he doesn't expect you to go out and curse trees and, you know, get rid of Mount Everest. But he's talking about situations in our life. See, he's using that as a, how do you say it? allegory? Would that be the right way to say that? Any, any English? Your t- huh? Analogy. All right. Ana- we'll use that analogy. I don't know. Allegory, that sounds like something you might catch or something. But analogy. How many understand he's using that to show us a point that faith will deal with the problems in your life? You can change your situations by faith. You can speak to the fig tree. You can speak to the mountain. What's the fig tree? Well, the fig tree is the thing that's not producing. The mountain's an obstacle, amen? So, you know, the Lord said this to me, and I haven't thought about this. You know, I, I was just praying one. I was in a hotel room in Michigan, Phyllis and I, and she was in the bathtub just soaking and reading, you know? And I'm in there praying, you know? I'm being spiritual. She's being carnal. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, it didn't always that way. Hey, I, I got I, I to gotta get this when I can. This doesn't happen very often. When it, it, it's her that's being carnal. I'm spiritual. It's you the other way around. And so I'm in there praying, you know, and the Lord said, I want to talk to you about uh, Mark 11, uh, 23. He said that to me. And I said, Lord, I'm praying right now. 
Don't bother me. That's basically what I was saying. I was like, don't bo- I'm praying right now. Leave me alone. It is kind of carnal, yeah. But, you know, how many know you can just be that dumb sometimes, right? I was praying. I was like, the Lord, I kept hearing this. I want to talk to you about Mark 11, 22, and 23. And I'm like, when I get done praying, we'll talk about it. But right now I'm talking to you. And finally, I realized how stupid this was. And I just said, okay, let me get my Bible. And I, I got, I read my Bible. And he, and he said, I read through there and I read, you know, the preceding verses, you know, and where he cursed the fig tree and, and, the, and so forth. And Jesus, and the Lord said to me, he said, did you, did you notice that faith curses things? I said, no, I never thought of that. He said, it doesn't curse people, but it curses situations. It curses problems. I curse the fig tree by faith. He said, there's things in your life you need to curse and tell it to die. I thought, well, that's a new dimension I hadn't taught on before or I'd thought about before, you know. Amen. You know, sometimes you have things go wrong with your body or something invades your body. Curse the thing. Tell it, get out. Die. You don't belong there. You're not producing good fruit in my life. Die. Anything that's not producing good fruit in your life, curse the thing and kill it. You say, well, you know, um, I tried that. Well, uh, don't try it. Do it. Just do it. Amen. But how many know James would know how this works, doesn't he? Look what else he said. Go to the fourth chapter. No, excuse me, the fifth chapter of James. I want to show you something else that he said because it's real important that, you know, we, we, this man here, he lived with Jesus. I mean, he, and he seemed to have a handle on faith because he's the one that told us in the second chapter, if you don't have any works, your faith's dead. He said, you got to add some corresponding actions with it. In other words, you got to act on your faith. Yeah. Right? Amen. See, I mean, you know, I've used this example over the years. When I was, I got born again when I was 21 years old. But at, at 19, I was a drug user, a, a, a drinker, and all that. You know, rock and roll kind of guy. And so that was my lifestyle. If you would have asked me at 19 years old, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? I would have said yes. I did believe that. Do you believe He's the only way to heaven? You know what I would have said? I would have said yes. Do you believe without Him you'll die and go to hell? I would have said yes. Do you believe you're going to hell? I would have said yes. I would have said that. But I wasn't saved, even though I'm saying the right things, because I didn't put any action with it and do anything about it. It wasn't until I was 21 that I acted on what I already believed. See, my fa- I, see James, James didn't say that you didn't have faith. He said your faith's dead. It's dead faith. Right? It can be like a live body, a dead body. You know, I mean, it's still a body, right? We found a body out here. Well, is it alive or dead? Well, I, know I kicked it and it didn't move. It's dead. But still a body, right? It just can't do Anything. I mean, you know, if, if, if Charlie's sitting on the front row and uh, he falls over, you know what I'm saying? He's, we we got to do something with his body because his days of producing on the earth are over with. Still body, just a dead body. See, you got to understand, you could have faith. You could say, I believe in something, but it not produce any results in your life if you're not, if you're not acting on what you believe. You're not taking some action to it. That, that's really where a lot of the problem's at. 
is people believe things. And that's why James said, if you're not a doer of the Word, he said, you're deceived. You're, you deceive yourself. You think because you know what the Word says that that's enough to produce results, but it's not. you got to act on what you say. Amen. 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 Now, thank God for the gifts of the Spirit that bail people out sometimes, but, but you know, you can't depend on the gifts of the Spirit. you you, you got to depend on your, your, your own faith. I mean, I've seen it when the gifts of the Spirit. I was preaching in the service one night, and I'm telling you, the power of God felt. The healing anointing fell. I mean, it's different than just praying for people by faith. I mean, the power, the healing power hit the place. And so I'm praying for people. You know, the pastor, he come up there, and he's beside me, you know, and I pray for this one older lady, you know. I, and, and she really was older. I mean, I was younger in those days, but she really was. I'd say she was probably in her... Well, I don't want to say that because... <laughs> She's just older. She just, just, let's just leave it at that. How about that? And I prayed for her, and she went out in the Spirit. And I remember the pastor looked at me and said, God is moving. He said, that's the first time that's ever happened in all these years. I've, in all these years I've pastored this woman. That's the first time I've ever seen it happen. So I thought, okay, if sister so-and-so falls out, we know God's moving. Praise God. We'll bring her everywhere we go. When she falls out, we know God's moving. Praise God. <laughs> But anyway, I'm having a healing <coughs> service. Power of God's moving. And the pastor has to go back and get certain people and drag them up there to get prayer. Their face dead. I remember one particular woman that came up there that uh, she had, she had, a, I, I, you know, she had a, a little box that she wore on, on her. It was like a wire that went into her back and shocked her back to keep the back pain down. Pastor had to go get her. He said, Well, God's moving. And he went back. He went and got her and brought her up, you know. I'm thinking, well, she ain't operating too much faith or she'd be up here. Mm -hmm. right? right? And so he brings her up, you know, and I lay hands on her. She falls out in the spirit. And then she gets up and she goes home. And then I found out later she said this. She said, I went home. She said, I didn't have any pain. She didn't think anything about it because that box kept the pain down. She said, But I checked it out and I was unplugged. Somewhere between prayer and me getting home, that thing came unplugged. I believe an angel just jerked a cord out. She didn't have to have that. As far as I know, she never had to have it again. But that was a gift of the Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Because she wasn't believing. Amen. But you know what? I don't depend on gifts of the Spirit. I thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. But I, I, you know, when the gifts of the Spirit aren't manifesting, i still got my faith. Hallelujah. And so... Now, James chapter 4, go there. Go with me to verse 14. The Bible says, is there any, or excuse me, James chapter 5, verse 14. Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Let's stop there just for a minute. What's going to... What's going to save the sick? The prayer of faith. Well, what's a prayer of faith? Well, that's believing prayer. That's the prayer that changes things, right? See, we're talking about prayer that changes things. James just said the prayer, James just told us in two different places that the prayer of faith changes things. He said, if you pray in faith, see the opposite of you won't receive anything of the Lord. The opposite of that is you'll receive everything from the Lord. That's what James is saying. If you, if you pray and you don't doubt, you receive anything you need from the Lord. 
Right here he said, the prayer of faith will cause you to be healed. Amen. Well, what is faith? Well, uh, if you have faith in something, well, what, do you, what, do you, what are you saying? I've got confidence. Isn't that right? I have faith in that. You know, I have faith. You know, I, I, I drive across bridges all the time. I have faith in them that they're going to hold. I only remember one time when I started to go across the bridge and I thought, I'm not doing it. I turned around and went the other way. It didn't look that safe, you know. There's an old wooden bridge. You know, the, it was over the river and the, and the river was about, I don't know, about that far from being over the top of the bridge. And, and this was an old wooden bridge back there in Dubois County. Yeah, I was going to, where was that little town I was going to preach at? It was the Assembly of God Church. I can't remember. Uh, Alfordsville. Alfordsville. Yeah. I was heading the back way, you know. And you have to go over the, Ohio, over the river there over that wooden bridge. And I got to that bridge and I saw that and I thought, oh, I'm not crossing that bridge. I'm going to back out. I'm going to the highway. I lost my faith. What I saw made me doubt. <laughs> and I'm not so sure it wasn't a good doubt. <laughs> like, I ain't doing this one. So, so, but anyway, how I many of faith means you have confidence? So how can you have confidence? You couldn't have confidence in God, in, in God healing somebody unless you knew it was His will to heal somebody. Right. How could you have confidence? If, if, if God healed some and others He didn't, then how could you have any confidence? It'd be like to me and say, you know, I'm going to give uh, five $100 bills out tonight. Right. <laughs> I didn't say who I was going to give to so you can't really have confidence that you're going to be one of them unless I named you. Now, if I said, I'm going to give a $100 bill to everybody here, how many know you can, you can shout? Amen. Right? Amen. See, if God said, I'm just going to heal a few, then we, how are we going to have any confidence or shout or faith about that? But if He's going to heal everybody, then I'm included in that. Hallelujah. And that's what the Bible says about His plan of salvation. It's for whosoever will. So I can shout about it. Brother Hagin tells a story about a pastor, minister. He was a minister, believed in divine healing and so forth, but he, he, he became sick. He was just a younger guy. I mean, I think he was in his 50s, but he had built a big church, new church, and everything was going good, but he's told Brother Hagin, said, I'm going I'm to retire. I think he was 55. He said, Brother Hagin, well, why? He said, well, he said, I've got this something wrong with me. And he said, um, you know, I just can't keep going, and so I'm going to retire. And Brother Hagin said, well, won't you let the Lord heal you? He said, well, it's not God's will to heal me. He said, well, now, he said, you've heard me preach. You know what I preach. And he said, how, and you believe in healing. How could you say that? He said, well, I'll tell you what, Brother Hagin. He said, I had a supernatural experience. He said, I, I, there, uh, a man appeared to me. He said, I didn't see him. He said, I didn't see. He said, I just saw him from the, you know, just the legs of him. And he, he said he had on a... a uh, white robe, you know, in between the ankles and the knees down that far, and he had sandals on. And he said to me, it's not my will to heal you. He said, I believe it was Jesus that told me that. So Brother Hank said, well, let me, let me, let me ask you this. He said, uh, you asked me to pray for your brother's salvation. Yeah. He said, what if, what if, that, what if that being had appeared to your brother and said, it's not my will to save you? What would you think about that? He said, well, I'd know immediately that's not true because the Bible says, uh, you know, it's God's will to save everybody. He said, well, it says the same thing about healing himself, took our infirmities and bore our sickness. He said, oh, I see. That wasn't Jesus, was it? He said, I don't know who it was, but it wasn't Jesus. 
Brother Hagin prayed for him. He got healed and kept pastoring the church. Pastored up until he was in his 70s. Then he kept preaching the gospel. He just retired from pastoring and kept preaching. Well, what happened there? I don't know who that was. But I don't care what they say. Paul said, if an angel from heaven preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. I don't know who that being was, but it wasn't Jesus because Jesus has already told us what he thinks about it. I don't, need him to have, I don't need him to come down here and tell me what he thinks about it. I already know what he thinks about it. Are you with me? See, you know certain things about people. You don't have to keep asking them. There are certain places I like to go eat. I know she doesn't like to go eat. I don't ask her about it any longer. I know she doesn't like it. You know, I'll have to find a friend to go there. Usually it's one of those cannabis, how you say it? Uh, uh, carnivorous uh, places. <laughs> cannabis. That's a cave, isn't it? It's kind of caveman too, you know. Some of those places, you know. You know, she doesn't like to go to those steak places and, and get the steaks that are, you know, two inches thick, you know. Hallelujah. I know her will. Are you following me? See, I know her will. I know what she likes to go get and where she likes to go eat at and stuff like that. You know, so we kind of trade off. But I never ask her to go to the, some of those places because I know she really doesn't like those. I won't name them because we're live streaming, but there's places in town she just doesn't like to go to. And she doesn't ask me to go to Chicken Salad Chick either. <laughs> she took one of her friends there the other day. She said, it's great, wonderful. Well, I'll take her word for it. Chicken salad isn't a meal for me. Chicken, but don't put him in salad. I like chicken, and don't, don't mess it up with salad. Don't, don't, don't mix the two together. Amen. Well, how many are following? That's kind of funny, but how many are following what I'm saying? I know. See, when you know the will of somebody, you don't have to keep asking about it. I don't have to keep asking God, is it His will to heal me? I already know what He said about it. He's already said what His will is. I don't need to talk to Him about it any longer and find out. Because he, he knows, you know, if I was a baby, yeah, but I'm not a baby any longer. He's going to say, you read it. Amen. Praise God. Well, that's what James said. Look, verse 15, he says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults. That means you're, when you trespass against one another. Uh, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. Look at this. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, we used to believe that meant when we prayed really hard. Y'all weren't around old Pentecost, right? When we prayed really hard. I went to preach for... Oh, I won't name the group, but I went to preachers and one of their guys prayed over me before the service. I mean, he prayed a hard prayer. I'd already taken a shower before I came and I got another one. It's like, you know, he, he let it rip, man. I'm telling you, he really let it rip. And, um, you know, and, you know, they think that this is this is what God's going to hear because I pray loud, hard and fervent. Well, there may be times to the spirit of God has you praying that way. There may be times you do pray that way. But the, 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 what James is saying when he says the effectual fervent prayer, the effective, let's say that the effective, that word effectual fervent is just one word. The King James translates into two things, but it's just one word. And it means an effective prayer, an effective prayer. What is an effective prayer? Anybody know? He just told us a verse up. 
And the prayer of faith shall what? Save this. Isn't that effective? He just told us what an effective prayer was. The prayer of faith shall save this. So he said, if you pray effectively the prayer of faith, it produces much power. Amen. Amen. See, the, the, the King James says, availeth much, unlike the Amplified Bible, makes much power available, dynamic, and it's working. Hallelujah. So that's an effective prayer. It's not just praying loud. Now, you may pray loud sometimes, and sometimes you, you, you probably need to, but you can pray quiet and pray an effective prayer. Amen. You can pray driving down the street. Amen. You, you, sometimes you need to. Sometimes I need to. How many know we should be believers? I don't know why I'm saying this, but we should be believers even when we're on the Lord Expressway. Maybe I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> don't say anything. <laughs> Amen. I was behind one of a church, I won't say when or where, but I was behind one of our church people one day, and they were driving kind of, they, you know, when I, come to a, when I come to a stoplight, you know, and you can take a right turn, if nobody's coming, I'm gone. I don't sit there and wait. And they're waiting. I said, thank God I know that's one of our church people, because if it wasn't, I'd be saying something right now, because they're just sitting there. <laughs> well, I, I'm telling you what, you know, you've you got to remember you're a church folk wherever you're at, right? And like Dr. Barkley said one time, you know, this, this uh he, he, this guy picked him up to the airport to go to this church to speak. You know, he flies in and the pastor sent somebody to pick Dr. Barclay up. He said, we're driving, you know, and this car is getting aggravated with us because I guess they weren't going fast enough. And they, they go around us and somebody gives them the finger. He said, I get to church and that person's in the church. <laughs> That's, bad. That's bad. I hope none of you sheep do that. We break your finger off in the prayer line. Amen. <laughs> Play the botch of Egypt on your finger. Go to Mark. Do you get anything tonight? Mark chapter 5. I'm just talking about, you know, what? You know, prayer that changes things. <clears throat> prayer that changes things. You remember in Jesus' hometown, in, and that's in Mark, but we won't take time to look at the Scripture. We're going to stop here at Mark chapter 5. But you remember the Bible says he could there do no mighty work. Remember that? Why couldn't he do it? Remember what it said? He went and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around about the villages teaching, tried to get that unbelief out of them. See, how many know unbelief? Now, listen to this unbelief hindered Jesus, didn't it? It said he could there. Now, you could say he would, wouldn't there, but that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said he could there do no mighty work. Well, yeah, I think God could do anything He wants to. Well, wait a minute here. God cannot lie. It's like Brother Hagin said one time. He said that in the church, you know, that you know, God couldn't do that. And some guy stood up and said, I'll tell you what. Bless God, I believe God could make anybody do anything. Brother Hagin said, why did He make you pay your tithes? He said, that guy sat down right away. He said, I didn't know He didn't pay his tithes, but evidently He didn't because He sat down. No, of course God's God but he, he could override anything he wanted to, but he's not going to. He set up laws, and he operates by those. And faith is one of those laws. Isn't that right? He could make a, God could make everybody get saved today if he wanted to, but that's not the way he set it up. He gave us a free will. 
We can make the choice. So if you want to get technical about it, could God? Yes, He could, but He's not going to. He can't lie. The Bible says He can't lie. Because if He said something, it just became the truth. And he, he, Jesus could there, the Bible said, do no mighty work except he laid his hands on a few, few uh, sick people and healed them. And the Greek brings out they had minor ailments. He could there do no mighty work is actually what the Bible said because of their unbelief. Well, if unbelief hindered Jesus then, I wonder if it does now. Of course it does. Of course it does. So why aren't more of our prayers answered? Well, a lot of times because the majority of people, and I'm not talking about you, I'm just talking about as you look at the whole church, the majority of the church is not praying in faith, doesn't know anything about faith, and if you mention anything about faith, they'll go, oh, you're one of them. Yeah, I'm one of those Jesus followers. He's the one that said you can have what you say. He's the one that said if you don't doubt. He's the one that said, all things believing in prayer you shall receive. Jesus said that. Not some modern day faith preacher or teacher. Jesus said it. I believe him. I believe he knew what he's talking about, don't you? Mark chapter 5. Let's close. Mark chapter 5. We're just talking about... Uh, you know, prayer that changes things. Mark chapter 5. I want you to go with me. Let's start at verse 25. It says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood for 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. So this woman has been through some things now. 12 years. And, you know, some of the things physicians did in those days, it hurt. They didn't have. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you go to the dentist now, and they want to make sure you're good and numb. In those days, they didn't do stuff like that. They jerked your teeth out. Bite on a stick. Take a slug of whiskey. Well, at least that's what they do on the Westerns anyway. Um, you know, <clears throat> You know, just tough it out, right? <laughs> Buck up, buttercup. <laughs> it's going to hurt. I remember a doctor telling me that when I was 12 years old. You're going to give me a shot, you know. And, and you know, in, in the uh, back there where you can't see. And he said, this is going to hurt. Only he used the word. He goes, this is going to hurt like blank. Boy, he didn't lie. Man, I'm telling you, I went outside and threw up. Oh, it hurt, man. He was right. Well, you know, today... They numb everything. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I mean, I go to the dentist if you, you know, if I had dental work or something like that. You know, they 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 numb you, you know, and all that. They numb you for they numb you. You know what I'm saying? And all that. And and I'm all for it. Praise God. I've like knocked me out. Tell me when it's over. Hallelujah. But the, she didn't have all that, right? She's just going through all this pain and all, and it cost her everything she had. So she must have been a woman of wealth if she did this for 12 years. So she had some money. Verse 27, when she heard of Jesus. That's why it's good to talk about Jesus. People got to hear about Him. They got to hear He's still a healer. He's a Savior. He's a deliverer. When she heard of Jesus. See, somebody told her. She came in the press behind Him and touched His garment. For she said, Amphite Bible says she kept saying this, If I may touch Buddy's clothes, I shall be whole. 
And straightway or immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or literally power had gone out of him, he turned him about and depressed and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said unto him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you're asking who touched you? See, they're saying, Man, everybody's bumping into you. What do you mean who touched you? See, he wasn't talking about who bumped into him. He's talking about who touched him with faith, see. And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. And the woman, notice this, fearing and trembling. See, now why was she fearing and trembling? Because she wasn't supposed to be there. She had an issue of blood. She's not supposed to be in public. She knows literally this could cost her her life. She could be stoned for this. And, and I'll tell you, Jesus, she, you know, and, uh, and, the, the, and I'll tell you who else was there. The leader of the synagogue, if you read the preceding verses, Jairus was there, the ruler of the synagogue. He had the power to have her stoned. So that's why she's afraid. Fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, what? Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. I read that because I want you to see something. He didn't emphasize the power. He didn't emphasize the power. Now, without power, she wasn't going to be made whole. But Jesus didn't talk about the power. He talked about the faith. He talked about what plugged into the power. That's what's important. Well, you understand the power is important. But what I'm saying, the power is there. It's available. Amen. You know, uh, when I buy a new appliance, you know, you know, I've been believing for my refrigerator to go out for a lot of years. And uh, I guess I got some doubt because it just keeps running. She says, just sell it. She's probably right, right? Because, you know, I just don't like it, you know. I just, it, it keeps things cold, but it, it just doesn't have the room that I like. I like lots of room in my refrigerator. And so I've been believing for it to go out, and um, she's probably been believing for it to stay on, and her faith's working and mine's not. And anyway, I, I'm, I'm just teasing about that, but I do want another refrigerator. But anyway... Uh, I don't, when I buy a new appliance, I don't, I don't think about, you know, man, I hope, I hope the power's on. My thought is plug the thing in. I don't bring the thing home, slide it into place and say, man, I hope there's power there. No, I don't, the power's important, but it's not, it's not what's going to make the, you've got to make the connection to the power. See, and, and we just read these scriptures on prayer that changes things. And what was the emphasis on? It's, it's not on God's power. It's on faith. It's on believing. The power is important, but that power is available. It's there. God's power is everywhere. Isn't that right? You I mean, you don't have to go to... See, that's what Paul said. You don't have to call Jesus down from above or ask Him to come up from the deep resurrection. You don't have to, he said, the Word's near you, even in your heart and in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that you will be saved. 
See, what do you say? He's saying, you don't have to ask Jesus to come down. Bring the power now. Bring the power. We used to sing a song, not here, but no opinion. Lord, send the power right now. Send the power right now. Send the power right now. And God's thinking, hey, I sent the power on the day of Pentecost. Where you been? Isn't that right? See, a lot of things that we're asking God to do, it's already available. We just need to tap into it. Just tap into it. And so Jesus in prayer, he didn't emphasize God's power. He didn't emphasize God's ability. God's a power and God's ability. That's without question. That's without question. But can you believe? Are you praying the prayer of faith? Amen. Are you expecting things to, to happen? That's, up, that's on our part. Amen. So I don't know about you. But I don't, know, I don't want to just pray to be praying. I want to, have a, I want to have effective prayer. Prayer that changes things. I mean, man. Praying to be praying, that doesn't produce anything. Effective praying. Amen? That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.